You are now listening to a Word for Deliverance podcast with Pastor Leonard D. Cochran of A Place of Refuge Noonan. A Place of Refuge Noonan is located in the city of Noonan, Georgia. To stay better connected with us for more exclusive information and updates, download our church app, A Place of Refuge Noonan, or visit our church website at apor-noonan.org. Now, let's join in for today's message. Uh, the 15th verse of scripture. We was here on last Sunday and let us notice 2 Corinthians 5 and notice verse number 15. Notice that the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse number 15, the Bible says, and he died for all. Talking about the Lord Jesus, Paul records a rights to the church at Corinth, reminding the saints of God, the brethren, the church, that he or Jesus died for all, that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Notice again, Paul said, and he died for all, that those who live should live, watch this, here's a drastic change, People go from living for themselves, recognizing and receiving Christ as Redeemer. They go from living for themselves to living for him. For he died for all that those who live should live, again, here's the drastic change, no longer for themselves but for him who died for them and rose again. But watch this. If we are no longer living for ourselves, but if we are in truth living for Christ, then verse 17 has something to say to us. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, if anyone is living for Christ, He or she is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Watch this or better. See, it is better to live for Christ than to live for oneself. And so based upon that, our subject again is personal. No longer living for myself no longer living for myself if you don't mind tell the subject to one person tell them the subject this morning no longer living for myself and let's give God a praise for our subject on this morning no longer living for myself and again we talked about how when people live for themselves, as many of us have did, then a person is again operating in selfishness. Whenever people are living for themselves, again they are living a selfish life. They are putting their needs, their wants, their desires 
before what God would have for them to do. And many of us who have changed and have gone from living for ourselves to living for God, we can truly testify that living for Christ is to live one's best life. See, I pause just to see how many people were going to agree. I'm living a better life living for Christ. Is that your testimony? Are, are you a new creation? Have things, have all things passed away and have all things become new? Do you have a new, a better way of thinking? Do you have a new, a better way of talking? Do you have a new, a better way of choosing? If it is the truth, you shouldn't mind giving him a praise because, again, you are living your best life. Many of us have gone from being broke, busted, and disgusted from living above and not beneath. Oh, many of us have experienced, watch this deliverance time and time and time and time and time again. Oh, is that your testimony? He changed your life for the better. That's my testimony. I would not be where I am today had it not been for his help, had it not been for his mercy. Am I right about that? And I know many of your testimony, no way you would be where you are today without his mercy. Come on. I wonder, do you ever have flashbacks? I wonder, do you ever think about where you would be if you were still living for yourself? Oh, I'll tell you what some of us would be. In prison? Come on. In hospitals? In the grave? Come on. There's, don't make me go there. Some of us know our life would be jacked up from the floor up. But that's not the case. Am I right about it? But a change took place. We made a decision to go from living for ourselves to living for Christ. Notice what Jesus says again in Matthew 16. Notice the wording carefully in Matthew the 16th chapter. And and y'all, and I tell folk in reference to getting saved after you turn to Matthew 16 to 24, I tell people now, if I would have known in my sinning days what I know now, whoo, I would have converted years before I did, I, I, I would have got off of certain paths. I would have gotten off of certain roads that I was on. Well, watch this. And I wouldn't made things so difficult. Wouldn't have brought so much pain in my life. Because like it or not, when you live for yourself, you create a whole lot of unnecessary problems. Unnecessary heartaches. Am I right about it? Because y'all know how I teach. We are our own worst enemy. Nobody has messed me up more than me. Nobody has messed you up more than you. 
And so in one sense, when we stop living for ourselves, we stop messing ourselves up. We allow God to do in us and through us what he desires to do. And there are things when you start living for God that you did not understand nor recognize that you could do, that you could accomplish. Am I right about that? There are certain things that we have we would not possess today because we didn't know we could have them. I said we didn't know we could have them. But when we started living for him, he began to reveal the things that he had for us. Things that he wanted us to do. Never make a mistake about it or never get it twisted. Whenever you go from living for yourself and you start living for God or for Christ, your plans will change. Right? Your plans change. Many of us, what we plan to do with our life, when we got saved, plans change. Come on. And they change for the better. Now, some plans change, and we thought like, oh, wait a minute, God. But as we continue being submissive, how many recognize there were some plans that changed in your life that they change for the better? Woo! I, I, I don't really want to go there, but, but some of us, if, if you would have married Matthew 16. So, so in, in essence, there are some things that we are so happy that these plans change. Many of us have learned to be happy because we didn't get our way. Lord, thank you for not giving me what I asked you for. Because you knew it wasn't good. You knew it wasn't what you had from me. Even though I was begging you for it. You knew. See, God know you better than you know yourself. That's the reason you don't just praise him when he says yes. You better learn to praise him when he tells you no. Whoa. Some folk can only dance when God says yes. But that's an immature state. When you become mature, you praise him even when he gives you, watch this, a big fat no. Matthew 16. Notice the scripture carefully. Matthew 16, verse 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, to his learners, to his followers. If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. That's the part that people don't recognize. That if you're going to live for Christ, you have to deny self. One definition of denying self is saying no to self. Another definition of denying self is to discipline self. How I many I mean, know self needs to be disciplined? Self needs to be restrained. Woo! Held down, held under check. First thing he mentions, if you're coming after me, you're going to be a learner. If you're going to be a follower, deny yourself. Listen, not for Sunday morning only. 
but it becomes a lifestyle of self-denial. Not always doing what I want to do. Woo! Again, there are times that we must learn to do because it's right to do and deny what self wants to do. I can't tell y'all as a shepherd how many times I have been in a certain place, not because it was my plans to be there, but that's where he wanted me to be. Self-denial is a part of the journey. And the more God uses you, the more God anoints you for service, then the more you learn to deny yourself. Am I right about that? And you have to teach it to family. That there are certain times that I'm, I'm going to deny myself in order to please him. Y'all know that's right, ain't it? Notice what he said. Deny yourself. Take up his cross, suffering pain, and follow me. This is what I want us to see this morning. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man, y'all better listen, if he or she gains the whole world and loses his own soul? See, a lot of people won't live for Christ because they're too busy trying to gain the world. This is true for the church now. A lot of church folk want to be like worldly folk. But Jesus is letting his disciples know what does it profit a man to gain, notice the word and carefully, the whole world. See, you can't have it both ways. You can't gain the world and gain Christ. Watch this, somebody's going to be left on the outside. And no matter how many times false preachers tell the lie that you can straddle the fence, there is no fence to straddle. Either you saved or you unsaved. Either you holy or you unholy. You either godly or ungodly. Well, can I break it down? Either you living for God or you living for yourself. Notice that there is something that a man, man being human, human being a limited being, can think that is gain. You better listen to me. But it's actually a big loss. Notice what Jesus, this is Jesus' words. He said, for what profit? I'm back in verse 26. Is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? See, people don't recognize when they're living for themselves and refuse to live for God, you're going to lose your soul. This deals with a person Upon death, entering into eternal damnation. 
Why? Because in their life physically, alive here on earth, he or she never made the choice to live for God. And you can't force it upon anybody. Come on, somebody. I said, you can't force it upon anybody. No matter how much you love your loved ones, you can't force them to live for God. Even though you know it's better for them. Oh, come on, come on, come on. Come on, parents. You can't force your child to live for God. The only thing the scripture commands of us is that we show them, you better listen, the way. Don't show them a way. Show them the way. Let your child know there's only one way to God. There's only one way to heaven. There are not several ways to heaven. Oh, y'all ought, ought to loosen up some. Come on now. There are many ways to Atlanta. Come on, somebody. And you know, folk love to say stuff like that. Well, you know, we all going our different ways, but we're going to end up in the same def destination. The devil is a liar. Jesus is making this plain to people. And see, there are preachers that won't give folk the truth. But see, I'm called to minister the truth. Listen, Paul told the church, he said, Have I now become your enemy because I tell you the truth? See, you can tell some people the truth. And they'll hate you for what you told them. They'll hate you for straightening them. But see, I would rather a person hate me for telling them the truth than loving me for lying to you. Whoa, come on here somebody. Because when you grow up, you don't want nobody lying to you. I wish you shout to somebody, tell me the truth. You didn't shout it like you needed to. Look at another person and shout to him or her. Tell me the truth. Whoa. What if it hurt? What if it makes you mad? What if it makes you throw something? What if it makes you roll your eyes? Why you want the truth? Because the truth makes you free. When pastor give you the truth, he's giving you something to free you. Listen, that ain't limited to pastor. When somebody else tells you the truth, receive it. Notice what he says. For what profit is it to a man? People need to think about this. If they gain the whole world. And see, so many folk want to be worldly. They want to be friends of the world. But see, the Bible says when you make yourself a friend of the world, you then indirectly make yourself an enemy of God. Woo! Imagine going to church all your life, but you're an enemy of God. You say you're a child of God, but you aren't living for God. Everybody is not a child of God. All souls belong to God. And the soul that sins shall surely die. We, if you are a child of God, you are only that because you made a choice to stop living for yourself and to live for Him. You made that choice to line up with the written 
and the revealed will of God. Am I right about it, saints? Let's finish this off. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Now, notice this next question. Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? What will a man give in exchange for his soul? See, you have to know the right value to put upon your soul. Come on. Because it's not just about this life only. There is an afterlife. Death is not the end, but the beginning. Woo, come on here, somebody. But see, when you get it twisted, you'll try to gain the world, not recognizing in doing so. Yes, you become a friend of the world, but you have made yourself an enemy of God. Notice the book of Philippians. Notice, no, notice the book of Philippians. Notice the book of Philippians. And, and, and let's hear Paul put it in his own words. Because I want us to understand as you turn to Philippians 3. Notice Philippians 3 and verse number 7. Remember, Jesus said, what profit is a man if he gains the whole world, yet he or she loses his soul. Now, notice what Paul said. Because when you stop living for yourself, as you turn to Philippians 3, when we stop living for ourselves, that automatically means that all of us have to walk away from certain things and certain people. That's the price you pay for living for Christ. That's a price to pay. There are folk who will love you before Christ who will hate you after Christ. And see, don't get it twisted. Jesus himself told folk, you think that I come to bring peace on earth. He said, but I come to bring a sword to set a man against Come on, don't, don't you know when, when you choose to live for Christ, that sometimes brings a sword to certain relationships. That's what Jesus said. And it's nothing you have did that was wrong. It's just that you went from living for yourself to living for God. i never forget when I first got saved, having to explain to people, at least notify them, I don't do that no more. Come on, y'all remember them days. You had to know. Why? It's been a change. They didn't know. Woo, come on, y'all. You remember some of you that used to drink when they, when they offered you that Budweiser? That, that was normal. But you had to tell them, I don't, I don't, I don't drink that no more. Now, shame on you if you say, well, pastor, I just went ahead and drunk it with them just because I didn't, I didn't want them to drink by themselves. What the, what's wrong with you? You have to tell me, I don't do that. I had some of my friends, they tried me. Hey, man, we going to strip club. You you down? I Man, I don't go there no more. What? 
They were looking at me like, man, something wrong with this boy. But see, I knew I was no longer living for myself. And it costs you. I'm looking at folks. Definitely not Paul's. I'm looking at people. It costs you something to walk with God. You're going to leave things and you're going to leave people. Watch it because this is important. Depending on your level of maturity, you will struggle leaving some things when you're childish. I'm in the clothes of the mess. I say you'll struggle because you're you ain't matured yet. Some of us remember when we first got saved, we wasn't as strong as we are now. We pretend we was, but you wasn't. Some of you often caught yourself cussing and some of you didn't catch yourself. Other people caught you. You were so used to cussing. Hey, hey you just got, what? I'm going to get some amens up here now. I'm going to get some amens up here now. <laughs> I remember when daddy first got saved, daddy, you, you cussed. <laughs> and he wasn't fighting, he just said, oh, God, Lord, have mercy. I, I did, then. <laughs> Am I right? <sighs> he don't mind me telling him, I tell him myself all the time. But as a person matures, whatever God requires for you to lay aside, you know you're laying aside that for something better. Come on. I got some mature saints in here. Whatever he asks you to walk away from, you know you're headed to something better so you don't mind leaving. Oh, God, I need a church to preach to. I don't mind leaving something if I'm headed for something better. God will script you down. Oh, come on. I said he'll strip you down. He'll break you down. Watch this. Only to build you back up. I said only to build you back up. Pastor, why he going to break me down? He has to break down the boy in you, man, so that you can be built up to be the man he wants you to be. Be seated. And no man can truly be a man. No man can truly lead a family until he knows how to deny himself, until he knows how to sacrifice. A man can't lead a good woman and he's still selfish. I'm going to preach it even if y'all brothers get mad. And you shouldn't get mad at a good, strong woman for not wanting to follow a weak man. Stop hating on that woman. Stop talking about that woman. Start praising that woman. She knows the man you can be. That's the reason she wants you to let God break you down so he'll build you up. Am I right about that? But this can only be learned, grasped in a mature person. As long as you're immature, you just like a natural child. You can tell them to leave certain things alone. But that child don't know the danger of what they're fooling with. 
Don't make me preach on you. Growing up, a lot of our mamas tried to tell it. Put that down. Come on. But a child is immature. You have to tell a child sometimes, several times, don't touch the iron. Come on. You'll walk right back in the room, see them playing with that. What did mama tell you? Don't touch the onion. But let them get burned. Let them get burned, and that's a lesson you never have to teach again. An iron will be up somewhere, and they'll go clear around. Hey. Look at your neighbor and say, you know what he's talking about, don't you? Some of us got burned by things. Some of us got burned by people. Some of you got burned by so-called friends. Notice what Paul says. I'm in the clothes because I'm trying to condense it. Now, I want to fellowship with y'all a little bit with pictures. Philippians 3, verse 7. Notice what Paul said. But what things were gained to me? These I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. See, there are some things God would not only have for us to walk away from, but he don't want you when you mature to cry over what you walked away from. Wants you to count it as rubbish. Do you see it? But what did I say earlier? That takes maturity. Because when you're immature, things that God requires you to let go you are sometimes like a natural child. You are found playing around with what he told you to let go. Come on. That don't just have to be. That, that can even be a nasty attitude. He's been telling you for the longest to get rid of that stink attitude. But you're finding it difficult to let it go. Not realizing. That that attitude is going to cost you when it comes to life, ministry, job, career, family, marriage, and so forth. Am I right? Notice that Paul says, again, I want us to see this. I have suffered the loss of all things. I'm in the end clause of verse 8. I've suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish. Notice what Paul knew. That I may gain Christ. He knew he was going to gain Christ. And when you look back at Philippians 3 and you go back around the fifth verse, Paul gives his resume of what all he had achieved in life before Christ. Y'all remember Paul as Saul, he persecuted the church. Come on. And he grew in the Pharisees' religion. And he was one of the most high-ranking Pharisees that was. That's the reason they put Paul or Saul in charge of catching Christians and locking them up. 
gave him papers and authority to go from place to place. And if he found anyone serving Christ or living for Christ, he was to have them locked up and sometimes put to death. You hear me? You don't get that kind of authority from people unless you have grown within their rank of their circle. Y'all know that's right. Some of my people who are in corporate America, your job won't allow you to do certain things until you high up. Come on, people ask you to do things. You say, look, that's above my pay grade. And y'all ever heard that? You ever heard supervisor tell you, you ask them for something, they say, look, that's above your pay grade. So Paul had to be high. This is what I'm trying to show you. But when it came to living for God, Paul knew those things he had gained, he had to count them as lost now. Because he was in, watch this, the wrong religion. And see, some people, even when they recognize what they're in is not right, they won't let it go. Paul recognized, though, I've been persecuting the church. No. He said, I count those things lost, listen to me, church, that I may gain Christ. Look at John 10 and 10. He said that I may gain Christ. What did Paul know about Christ that we need to understand about Christ so we'll know when we choose to live for him rather than ourselves, we'll know that it's truly gained. I said we'll know that it's truly gained. Notice John 10. Notice John 10. I'm coming in. You'll know that it's truly gained. Well, God want me to walk away from this. Hey, you got to know what you're gaining, brother. You got to know what you're gaining, sister. You got to know being in God going to help your marriage. Come on, you got to know being in God going to help your family. It's going to help your career. It's going to help your money. Come on. Am I right about that? So you got to know because ignorant folk will trick you. There are people out here that will deceive you and make you think that you better off living for yourself. Oh, you mean tell me you gave up that to be in the church? Some men have to walk away from certain women. Thank you, brother. Don't hold it against him, Sister Lisa. Sister Lisa, some men had to walk away. But then God brought a better one. See, now Brother Bo going to stand, see? He know how to get it right. He been taught. Look at it real quick, John 10. It's a good word. Because you you're going to see a lot of folks still choosing to live for themselves. They don't recognize when you gain the world, to gain the world is to lose. But to gain Christ is to win. That is to win. Amen? I'm on the winning team. I'm on the winning side. There's only one winning side. Right? Well, Pastor, you saying that because of how good you're doing. Yeah, but I'm trying to explain to you why I'm doing so good. It ain't like I'm doing good trying to hide it. I'm doing good trying to showcase it. But I'm not showcasing myself. I'm showcasing the one. Whoa, is that right? Look at your neighbor and say, when God blesses you, he don't want you hiding what he did. Tell your neighbor, no matter how much folk talk. God bless you with a car. You talking about you scared to drive it to work. The devil is a liar. Let them see the fruit of your labor. Let them see that your giving is changing your living. When me and Donna first started giving, folk didn't understand it. 
If I be totally honest, she didn't understand it. When money started coming in, she came to me one day. I'm going to tell on her too. She said, I want to ask you something. I said, what? She said, seemed like to me. She said, I'm not trying to be funny. She said, be patient with me. She said, but money coming in. She seemed like the more money come in, the more you want to give away. But I told her, I said, Donna, that's because certain preachers and leaders don't understand that the more he sends it in. See, I didn't get that minute. I got a few people in the church there. Yeah, the more he sends in, I had to let her know. It's only continuing to come back because we continue to sow it for whatsoever a man sow it. Woo! That shall he also. You ain't going to sow. But see, some of us struggle giving because you're still living for yourself. That ain't just a pastor thing. If you look at the same people who don't give to the pastor, they struggle giving to other people too. It ain't just a church thing. There are parents who struggle blessing their own children. There are children who struggle blessing their own parents. Come on. I wouldn't ever loan my parents no money. No, what I'm blessed to do, we do. Amen? God is good. But see, when, you, when you're living for yourself, it's certain things that God want to bring you into, you're going to continue tripping. You hear me? Notice John 10 and 10, what we gain when we gain Christ. The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to what? Destroy. Tell you, there are thieves out here. Tell one more person, there are thieves out here. Listen to me. You heard of gold thieves. You heard of silver thieves. You heard of bank thieves, car thieves. But have you heard of time thieves? There are thieves that come to rob you of time, which is precious. Keep you living for yourself as long as they can. Why? Because thieves, you know, when you're living for yourself, they're robbing you of precious days and hours that you could be living for God and you could be living your best life. It's sad that some folk going to live a life of struggling here on earth. And sadly, when they die, the worst has only begun. Because in hell, they're going to lift up their eyes. That's the price you pay for not receiving him. And you can't hide. Because he's going to send you somewhere. So you'll hear that word. John 10 and 10. But notice what Christ said. I have come. Come on. This is what you gain. I have come that they may have what? And that they may have it how? That they may have it how? See, when you gain Christ, you don't just exist. He said, I came that they may have life, yeah, existence, but life more abundantly. 
Do you see that? See, when we start living for Christ or when we gain Christ, you are now positioned to live life abundantly. Woo! Abundantly. Abundantly. Is that for the pastor only? No! Any church where only the pastor is being blessed, something's not right. I said something's not right at that church. But y'all know up here I'm not the only one being blessed. And if you think that, drive that bad vehicle around this corner, sign the title, and give it to me. And I'm going to wait on you today. Second Corinthians, let's close it. But see, you're, you're gaining. That's why you cannot be deceived by anybody. This is the reason Paul said what he said. But it takes, again, maturity. Notice again, as I close, Second Corinthians 5 and 15. Notice what Paul says again. And he died for all that, all that all those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them. Notice what he did. And rose again. See, just like Christ was physically resurrected, when you start living for God, when we stop living for ourselves, God going to resurrect some things in our lives. Some things that were dead when you were trying to live for yourself. When you go to living for Christ, he going to resurrect some things in your life. Let me break that down. That means some things you struggle all your life trying to do, trying to get ahead on your own, scrapping, scraping, and clawing. But when you start living for him, listen, he going to give you wisdom to do certain things. He going to give you wisdom to enter certain places. Am I right? But when you enter certain places, you're not going to be the fool you used to be. But you're going to have wisdom embedded in you of how to use whatever he put in your hand. And some of us, we're glad that we didn't get money when we were living for ourselves. Come on, somebody. I'm trying to close it. I said we're happy that we didn't get money like we have now when we were just living for ourselves or when we were fools. Because we would have blew it on people and things that didn't matter. But now he has put, put certain things in our hand, and because we're living for him, we have wisdom. Wisdom enough to know that we are new creations. Tell your neighbor, if you're truly living for Christ, you are a new creation. So tell your neighbor, so let things, old things, pass away, recognize all things. Are becoming new. And tell your neighbor, depending on your maturity, depends upon how fast you enter into battle. The more we mature, the more God causes us to enter into battle. Again, tell your neighbor, no longer living for myself. I'm done with the message. Let's give him a tremendous hand of praise this morning. Come on, let's give God a tremendous hand clap of praise. All over the church, we should be clapping, thanking him. Many of you are like me. One of the best decisions 
If you can, rest to your feet. If you can't, we understand. One of the best decisions I've made, one of the best decisions many of you have ever made was that decision we made to stop living for ourselves and to live for Christ. Lord, show me the way. Show me the way. You remember what Jesus said? I believe it was John 14. And see, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. See, if you ain't living for Christ, you don't know the way. Because he is the way. Well, Pastor, if I'm living for myself and I'm not living for Christ and Christ is the way, then what, what am I doing? You're doing what Solomon said in Proverbs 14 and 12. He said, there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end is the way of death. See, you on that, what we call highway seems right. You only doing what seems right to you. But see, when you start living for God, you're going to quickly get, get, get the big head busted. Y'all, that's, that's an old saying we used to say. You know, because sometimes folk get too big for their britches. And when you're going down a path that seems right to you, and if God wants you to be in a good church, which he does, then what you think is right, he going to use the preacher and others to tell you, according to his word, that it's wrong. That is wrong. And see, that's when in church we come in church and we get messages that the old folk, you say, man, that stepped on my toes today. But don't you know that's what the word is supposed to do? Because that helps us to understand that, hey, I'm living his way. So when he's in correction, if it's according to the word, hey, I just receive it. I just receive it and get better. Amen. I don't leave and get mad at pastor. Not if I'm mature. I thank him for the word. Man, look like he said that and look right at me. I ain't going to get mad because it looked like he looked at me when he said it. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, can you have four leads like that? I ain't going back up there. Man, what happened? Man, that preacher said something. He was talking about me. Preacher, don't even know your name. Don't even know your name. Isn't that amazing? But for many of you, you're like me. It's going to take what we call a strong word to keep us saved. Some of us, we can't go to weak churches. We'll backslide. We'll be living any kind of way up in that church. Why? Because the word ain't coming. And so God has to send you to a church where the word comes strong. Some of you know you, you got to have it hard sometimes. <laughs> All right, let me pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for goodness and mercy. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy you had upon us. We thank you that we have made that wonderful decision to live for you and not ourselves. I pray today, God, not only that the word continue to stir the hearts of the saints, but I pray for saints that are immature, that they will continue maturing in you according to your will. Pray for those who are mature, that they will remain steadfast. Have your way in and through us. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for dying for us. Thank you for redeeming us. Thank you, Lord, that even when we lose the world, when we lose our life, we find it. We gain you, Lord, and we gain the best thing that has ever happened to us. Continue to bless and have your way in and through we, your people. We love you. We appreciate you. And count the prayer so in Jesus' name. Come on, let's give him another tremendous hand of praise. Amen. This has been Pastor Leonard Cochran here from a place of refuge located here 
in the city of Newton, Georgia. I want to take the opportunity to thank those of you for faithfully following, for sharing the messages with family members, friends, and loved ones with the expectation that the word will change their lives for the better. We appreciate you. Thank you for your comments. Thank you for all that you do. And thank you for your past, your present, and your future support for this ministry. Thank many of you online that have given into our life. May God add richly back unto you for your acts of kindness. We love you. We appreciate you. And as always, we want to remind you that Jesus is... God bless you. God bless you. We pray that you are blessed by today's message. Be sure to listen and share other messages available through our podcast outreach. We thank you for all of your past, present, and future support for our ministry. And remember, Jesus is a refuge.